Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life. Welcome back to another episode of the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. I am your host, Jamie Wagner. It's a little bit weird to say that today, everyone. I'm not going to lie. It's a little bit weird to bring us in because the next voice you're going to hear is is not a stranger to this episode. And he usually does the bringing in John Shirky, my man, my co-host. I'm going to say that right now. My co-host, John Shirky, is back with us. How are you? Jamie, I got to tell you, you sound great bringing it in. So don't sell yourself short. Don't. Appreciate it. I mean, it's it's a wonderful bring in. And it has been a long time, my friend. Uh, and it's it's great to be back. I'm I'm doing well for the most part. Obviously, we've had a lot of things since the last time you know I joined you on on the show here, but uh, a lot of good, a lot of hard, and that's that's what life is about. So happy to be back. Yeah, man. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna dig in. I'm sure whatever this episode is titled, it's gonna give you some sense of where we're headed here but prior to doing some of the heavier lifting that we're going to get into you got to spend a pretty cool fall serving you know the montana state bobcats football team right and yeah. they they made a deep run into the playoffs you know final four in the country um what was that experience like what i not even talking about the athletes not even talking about the football but what did you learn in that because each new adventure endeavor whatever it is just r- reveals a lot yeah. i'm curious because we really even haven't had this conversation off air yeah no i what did i learn boy that's a big question because <laughs> no the whole the whole thing was a learning process right um they have some services in place for athletes uh i i felt like there was uh a need, a niche that I could fill in terms of serving football specific needs. Um, and I, I think we, we accomplished that, uh, without, hmm, without really knowing what it was going to be. You know, it's, it was one of those leap of faith moments where it's like, I believe that there's, there's a spot to make an impact here. Thankfully I had a, you know, a head coach who was more than willing to give me access to, the, the facilities, the players, the anything that I needed. And, and obviously the administration is a part of that too. So incredibly grateful to them, but to answer your question, what did I learn? Um, you know, it's funny that you asked that. I think part of it is we're creatures of the moment, but I was, I was just listening to something today and, and essentially the, the statement was we're all living in a, in a dream state of our own reality right? And our reality is only our reality. It's not anyone else's, you know? And so I think one of the things that I continued to learn through this process was like, my reality was, man, questioning, am I providing something of value? Am I part of this? Am I, you know, where do I fit all of those things? And in the end, you know, when you start to get little pieces of feedback, from whether it be a player or a coach or someone outside of even the program saying, Hey, what you're doing is really cool. You, you get to start to see other people's kind of reality of, you know, 
what they're experiencing in their perception versus my reality of like, man, I hope I'm doing enough. I want to provide value. Hopefully this is good enough. Right. When you say that, the thing I think about, and like, I absolutely echo what you're saying, because when I work with teams and groups and individuals, it's like the same exact thing when somebody outside of it, and this would be encouragement to anybody that's listening. If you know, anybody that's having doubts, PS, all of us. Um, <laughs> if you know anyone that's done this leap of faith thing and what they're doing is of value, even if it's just like v- visible value to someone else that you see, go and speak to them because it just breathes life into us that are doing it. But what I think about is the athletes that you're working with and how we pedestalize this experience that they're having, right? Oh, you're a division one athlete. You're making a deep run into the playoffs. You guys were national finalists last year. Like you guys have this charmed existence NIL. I mean, you're making money just for playing, you know, like this, these thoughts that we have. And yet here you are speaking to, I didn't know what the need was going to be. And the need was real and specific. And these elite performers are struggling with the same sort of doubts and the same sort of perception issues and the same sort. So like, to me, the, yeah, we, we're all living in a dream state of our own making and our own reality is the only thing that we can perceive. And we all do that in some way at some level, it doesn't feel like it lives up or it's good enough. Yeah. In the end, we're all human beings, right? Yeah. And, you know, to quote one of our past guests, uh, Rob Lovejoy, you know, you're special. You're not that damn different, right? Yeah. Elite athletes, division one athletes, coaches, they have the same self doubt. And, um, like you said, the, the, am I good enough? Am I providing the value? What ifs all of those questions that all of us have to face at some point, they have those too. Yeah. It's just, it continues. I continue to see it in my work also. And I, they know, like I, I'm not with one group of individuals. I'm with a bunch of different individuals and I see it over and over and over again. And I, and mostly I see it in a, uh, implicit way. People aren't saying it coming into a one-on-one and saying, this is what I'm struggling with, which is really cool that you get the opportunity to do that in a completely different sort of Avenue. Um, because that's, that's so needed and necessary right now. I I mean, it's needed for me right now. Like I, I think we, I, I guess mentioned in, in the last episode that we had a pretty significant loss in our, in our community, in our lives, in our, in our immediate circle. Um, I'll echo what I said last time. Like, I don't have the words. I don't have my head around any of it yet, but I, I think, so JP, John, Peter, another former guest reached out to both of us and was like, there might be an opportunity here to talk about loss and grief in a way that is unique because you guys have a platform and it's real for you guys right now. And like, I've, I've wrestled with the thought of like, do I need to see someone right now? Do I need to have a conversation with a professional? Because it hits pretty hard from time to time. And 
I mean, you are not my professional, so that's not the goal of this conversation. I go back to um, David, who is another one of our our inner circle, and he's like, you know, John is not my therapist. My wife is not my therapist. You are not my therapist. I think the goal of this conversation is more just to like talk about the humanity here in what it feels like to lose somebody that's close to us. That's big. Yeah. That's big. I mean, but, you're, we, but you're right. No, you're absolutely right. I JP reached out to me yesterday. You and I have talked for, oh, I don't know, probably six weeks about, okay, when is a good time to re-engage and have a conversation together about something? And, and in that time, you know, Trevor, like he tended to in life, in death kind of forced our hand in terms of, yeah. hey, let's, let's talk about some things. Let's feel some things. Let's do this. And, and when JP reached out, you know, you and I had just had a semi long conversation yesterday about just about where we were at, about life and about stuff that we were going through. And, and when he reached out to both of us, which again, we appreciate because we need that, right. We need people in our life to say, Hey, I, I know that you might not be wanting to do this even, or, and it's certainly not comfortable, but this could be really impactful and be really cool, not only for, for us, but hopefully for people out there listening, because the, the other reality is that none of us go through life without experiencing this in some form, you know, and, and, and not only do we experience it, but we experience it at different levels at different different, times, right? At different times for different things. And whether it's, loved ones, people, friends, um, our family experiences, loss of a job, a pet, you know, I was, I was even thinking about as I was kind of looking at some of the resources, you know, that I have used in the past are just things, right. I was, I was thinking about how even me coming back right to this, to the podcast, like for me, there was a loss in stepping away and for you and, and where, you know, so we're, we experience these feelings, these thoughts, these emotions throughout our lives. And sometimes like we've talked about before on a spectrum, they are much more intense and and we got to figure out how to deal with that and what we need in those times. I'm really drawn to memoir in writing. I did, I did just say to everyone on the podcast that I'm not buying any new books in 2023. So I'm no new memoirs this year, but I, I, I'm drawn to individual stories, right? Uh, One of my favorites is called The Liar's Club by Mary Carr. And she talks about how she was abused as a child, like physically, sexually, like abused as a child. I don't have any like actual resonance with that experience, right? I, I wasn't physically abused as a child. I wasn't sexually abused as a child. And yet her story, the way that she can articulate what she thought and felt and went through in those times, like there's something in there that speaks directly to the little kid in me or to my full grown adult in me, right. Which doesn't show up terribly often, but like our stories are powerful because they might land differently for different people at different times. And so to me, I I'm, I'm consistently reminded of that in my reading, in my, in my engagement with, like, I write a lot and a lot of it is first person narrative, 
why? Because I think there's something to be told there. Not because my story is important, but because stories are important, you know? And so, um, so in that, like, I think there's, there's value here in us, you know, demonstrating our experience. And I would, and I would encourage others, encourage you out there to, whether it's in front of your teams, in front of the people that you lead, like feel free to say, I'm struggling, feel free to say I'm wrong, feel free to say, this is my story so that people can relate, associate you with your humanity. And, uh, and I, I'm just going to be completely candid right now. Like it's, it's been a lot harder than I anticipated. Um, I was writing about this this morning. Like there, I had some experiences as a child that made me feel like I was ready to handle the death of a loved one. Right. I, my dad had a heart attack when I was young and, um, he also had a, a really strange experience in a bar that he was trying to break up a bar fight and, um, and had a, had a massive injury as a result of that, that was, he was in the ICU for like three days when I was 12. Um, and, and only a year before I had lost my grandpa pretty young. And so there's a, there's a series of events that were kind of stacked real close at a real important time of life that made me feel like, oh, I, life is short. I need to be aware that people are going to be removed from my life. And yet the last month plus has been, uh, has been incredibly challenging to actually face that reality um, with, with losing Trevor. Yeah, it, you know, the, 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 the truth of it is that we can't know how things are going to impact us. And so I, I hear you saying, yes, I thought I had some experiences and there's no doubt that they did help you prepare in some capacity, but that also doesn't mean that it's not going to be hard. It's not going to be sad. It's not going to cause you to breakdown. It's not going to cause you to say and question like why and, and not only why, but like what now. Right. And, and all of those things that normal is, a, I hate the word, but, but are normal, right. Are, are traditionally associated with the grieving process. And so, yes, you certainly were somewhat prepared but every, every relationship is different and at every time in the relationship, it is different, you know? And so I think, you know, you think about, uh, and fortunately I haven't had to deal with a ton of loss in my family and in my life either, but the times that I have, right. Just because of where you're at on the spectrum and the skills and the tools and the community and the supports, just like anything else that you're dealing with, those are going to dictate kind of the severity and the intensity of what you feel and when, and, and then in some ways, how long you feel that. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I just realized that there's maybe an interpretation that people think my dad died when he had his heart attack. That's not, that's not what happened. He is still living, but right. like, but you're absolutely right. Like I'm 13, 12 when the first event happens, I'm 17 when the second event happens, 
most of us know your relationship to your parents as a early adolescent slash teenager is is fraught i guess is the answer and not to say that i would have wouldn't have been devastated had he actually passed away in those events but i i think that the reprieve of him not like i don't know it it spoke to a different person that i was back then you know and now you know i think the the questions of why and like what next are real and especially given you know trevor's age uh, and what is left behind being two young boys and like having having two young children myself and his wife and like i it's not that like i said i don't have answers to this mm-hmm. But it just feels different. It feels heavy. It feels like, honestly, so on Sunday, two days ago, like, I just broke down. Like, and the, I just broke down, like, sobbing, crying. And I, I mean, I cry when I watch movies or when I listen to music sometimes. But to have a moment like that is pretty rare in my life. And not that I'm proud of that. I think I could like evolution put crying in our life for a reason. Right. And I probably could stand to do it more. Uh, God evolution, whatever you can say, however you want. Um, I could stand to have those moments more often, but it just felt like this weight just pushing me down into the bed into the ground, like just heavy, heavy weight on me. And I couldn't breathe. I couldn't like, gasping for air while I'm sobbing and it's like what is that you know and and not only am I I thinking about is there something wrong like is there something wrong with me what is what is that that I'm feeling because it's just like the unknown of it all is is something to wrestle with in a way that I don't I don't know how to articulate when I don't have the words I feel empty I feel broken yeah, well, and I think there's as much as we try to stay away from cliche and and the standard statements, right? I think there are some that absolutely apply to this process and throughout life that you know they're true, right? And and the one that kind of comes to my head in terms of this, and I think we say it and we hear it, and until we actually have to feel it, right, is that there's no right or wrong way to, to do this thing. Yeah. Right. And, and in that there's no right or wrong emotion or emotional response or anything with that. Right. And so when you say, all right, I had this weight and I I'm experiencing this thing and it's like, well, wait, is there something wrong? No, there's nothing wrong. Right. There, there's just emotion that we have built up and, and not to therapize you. Cause I know this is, this is me too. Right. But it's, I think there's been a period of this time, even for, for us as Trevor's friends and in part of his, hopefully his chosen family, I know he is part of ours, but that we've had to, or we've tried to say, Hey, we need to be strong. We need to be supportive of, his family 
his wife, his kids, his parents, his, you know, his community. And, and in turn, some of that emotion then is blocked, right? Don't, don't cry that often, but it's coming out. Right. And that's one of the things that I tell people a lot in my individual work is whether it's anger or sadness or joy or anything else, right. When we experience things and we shove it down in, it's coming out at some point, some way, somehow. And it might come out as breaking down and we don't know why it might come out as anger or short temper because of something else. Right. But that hurt, that thing is coming out at some point. And, and along with there's no right or wrong, there's no timeline for this. And that's another thing. I hate it. I hate it. Right. Because in my brain, let's make a plan. Let's execute the plan. And then we move on. Right. And I don't like things disordered. And so when I think about this, this process, right, I want to be able to say, and, and there's some research that says like, you know, there's the five stages of grief. Others say, yeah, that's cool. If that works for you, great, but whatever. But, you know, we, when we think of kind of those traditional five stages of denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and then, you know, acceptance, like I want it to go in that order linearly. And we've, again, going back several years, we've talked about how life isn't linear. And this is, this falls into that category as well. And that's, that's really, really freaking hard. Yeah. I I mean, you and I, I think that's, I am, I am better at space and disorder in some ways than you are, but that, that is something that I am drawn to in you is kind of how orderly you manage to make life sometimes and in in our conversations i think i just i even think go back 10 years as we're coaching you know coaching high school football like we're trying to prescribe an order for this uh, this step then this step then this step then this step and it we're just conditioned to feel that way and when you say like when you push it down, it's going to come out. I just like, again, I, I read a book uh, called, I don't want to talk about it by Terrence real. And it's about male depression. And he talks about like wounded boys create wounding men. Right. And that's what he's talking about. When, when we have wounds that have not been healed, that we haven't taken the time to try and address, it's going to expand load out of us in some way, or it's going to, it's going to sink us deeper into a process that maybe we don't know the ways out of. I think the thing that I'm struggling with, I think the part that is hard for me is that our peer group is my healing in a lot of ways. It's where I go to be healed. You know, I think my, my immediate family, my wife and my kids also, um, but I go to our, our peer group and in some ways there's been a fracture in that, like not, I, in some ways it's definitely brought us closer. Right. But it, like there was a wholeness in our group in a lot of ways. Like it was, it felt whole and now it doesn't. And, um, and sometimes I just don't know where to go for healing right now i don't know how to heal and um 
one in some ways I'm okay with that. And one in some ways I'm really angry about that. Like I'm really like, what? this has been taken from us as an opportunity to go and like get filled up. Now there's a hole. And does that, does that hole just keep leaking? I don't know the answer to that. And we can't know the answer to that, but that's the way I feel right now is like, I look at it and I go, it's not whole anymore. Yeah. And the reality is it won't, won't be. Yeah. Right. There's always going to be that, that part of us that, that Trevor came into our lives impacted and now it's, it's not there. And in terms of physically, right. There's, there's certainly some, you know, the memories of him and the, the shared experiences and the, the things that we have learned from him fill up that hole in some regard, but there's always a piece of us that is going to be missing for lack of a better, right. Analogy. And, and I think that's okay. Right. And I, I can't remember. I think, I don't know, you and I have certainly talked about this, but like I was having this conversation with somebody else not too long ago, but like that, that's also what makes life worth living is having relationships that do hurt when they're not there. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's so, it seems so counter because we've talked about how do we protect ourselves? Our brain says, protect, 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 don't put yourself out there. And, And then when you do and you get hurt, right, it hurts and it sucks. And at the same time, it's so much more fulfilling. Life is so much more worth living when you have those experiences versus building up barriers and walls around you to, to not experience those things. And that hurt. I mean, we, we got this kind of daily plan at Bessel, right. That, you know, and coach Jay has been on the pod and probably should come back on and just fill us up, you know, sometimes, but like he talked about, give your heart away, give it for free. And then eventually you got to expect it to come back broken because the world is just broken, you know, and there is no avoiding that. Right. And death is the answer for all of us in the end. And when we give our heart to something and it ends, you know, for us, that football experience, it ended and it was heartbreaking and it was sad and there was grief in that. I, I talked about going to my niece's last soccer game on this podcast a long time ago couple of years ago, she's a junior in college now. So that's a long time ago, but I talked about going to her last high school soccer game and watching the tears. It wasn't the sadness that they lost. It was the grief of this being done, this experience being done. And you spoke to it. I mean, I think you said it unbelievably well, like life is more, it's more abundant when we give our heart away when we give it to things and it makes us really vulnerable to the hurt when it's, when it's done. Yeah. And, and to be clear, it doesn't mean that we can see that now, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I can say that philosophically, but I don't always feel that for my own personal experience. Right. In terms of like, man, this was all, like, obviously it was awesome to have Trevor be a part of our lives, but I don't feel awesome all of the time, you know, I mean, that's, that's that's, the paradox, right? Like I I feel much worse that you are not here today. And I feel much better that you were here at all. 
right? It's like, we have to hold both of those things and be yeah. able to, to wrestle with that reality. I just, I mean, for those of you that don't know this, this is like a truism in my life. I just believe that life is paradox and that we have to get better and better and better at holding two opposing truths. And, you know, the paradox of death is, you know, for those of us left behind when someone dies is that we are better for having had that person in our life. And today is worse because they're gone. They're both true. And, uh, it's, it's, it sucks. <laughs> it sucks because if it wasn't better before it wouldn't hurt so much right now. And the instinct is to pull inward. The instinct is to not let somebody else fill that space or to not, you know, the other day, like I, I felt really bad about doing this, but this is, this is my whatever childhood response. Probably my wife's like, can I give you a hug? And I'm like, I don't, I don't really want to be touched right now. Like, and her instinct is to comfort and to go near to, and mine is to create space. And, uh, you know, I love her to death for, for being there for me. And I feel bad for not being the thing she needed from me in that moment. And yet I also hear what you just said to me, not terribly long ago, everybody's going to go through this and there's no wrong way. Yeah. And, and trying to, trying to put yourself into a spot where you, when you are feeling those emotions, when you're feeling those things, I, one of the best things you can do is just be there. Right. Sure. Um, we had this experience and Keish, hopefully you're listening and we love you. And anyway, hopefully you know that by now, if you don't, I'll tell you again, we love you. But you know, when, when Keisha texted us the other day, when Notre Dame is playing football and I, I shared this with you, Tre Notre Dame was Trevor's college team. He loved that stupid team. And I don't know. I still don't know why and I will contend that I, it's not worth cheering for them, but when Kay texted and she's like, Hey, I, I got this game. I got a drink in my hand. I got the, the game on and I'm just thinking about Trevor. Right. Uh, at that point, I wasn't even thinking about it, but when she texted that one, I was grateful that she did because she reached out and two, I was in a spot where I could just kind of drop everything and be present. And the game ended up being good. And I, but I couldn't tell you the details yeah. because in that time, I was just thinking about our experience going there with Trevor and all of the other memories of being with Trevor and experiencing things with him. And, and, <laughs> and it was just a powerful experience for, for me. And I happened to be with David, who was, again, you referenced earlier, and he kind of stopped too. And we kind of just sat there and watched this game and just experienced it. Right. And there was tears and there's laughter and there's all of these things. And we, and we have to do that. We have to be willing to just say, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm feeling. And that's okay. Yeah. It's okay to just sit here and cry. And it's also okay in that moment to be like, screw you, Trevor, Notre Dame sucks. <laughs> Which I, I mean, growing up in Minnesota, John, we don't have a lot of like winning options come college football time. Maybe that has changed here, mm -hmm. but when, as children, that is, that was certainly true. So I, I don't begrudge Trevor for having liked Notre Dame. I mean, we could have chose something else, but 
it's fair it's fair but um, i was i was and then as i was thinking about it today you know i i i said i kind of pulled up some resources that i've used for others in the past one in my work but you know I love, I, there's a worksheet I have here in front of me and it's, it's essentially the four tasks of mourning or grief, right? And the first one is accepting that we have this loss, that we have this pain. The second task is to process, you know, and I, I think that's where I was the other day. That's where you were the other day is we're still processing what, what is the feeling that I'm feeling? And if we don't do that, we can't continue to move forward, right? We don't get all of the crazy as this sounds, we don't get all the benefit from this experience. Right. And so processing that, whether it be talking, whether it be crying, whether it be thinking, whether it be writing processing. And then the, so then the third task is adjusting to a world and a life without Trevor in this instance. Um, and I don't think that I'm personally there yet. Right. And, and again, this is a, there's no right or wrong and there's no timeline. And then finally it's finding a way to remember him. And I, I think, you know, one of the things that we often do is we, we jump to that last task, which I don't, isn't, isn't bad. It's not like we have to do these necessarily. It's not an order. order. It's not an order. It's not an no, order. but, but right. Yeah. We, we jump to that and say, okay, how do we remember him? And, and that's great. Right. But I guess my caution to, to you and to me and to all of you listening is that if you're experiencing this, don't, don't jump to that and say, okay, now I'm, I'm good. Cause I remembered. Right. And whether that's donating money or saying, Hey, I'm going to celebrate X, Y, and Z every year, or this is how I'm going to remember it's, but do the work for your, you gotta do the work for yourself too. But that's, that's been the point from the very beginning. Episode one was we have to do the work for ourselves, And, and I think that's why I was convicted when JP reached out to do this episode is like, we can, we have a moment, we have an opportunity to demonstrate us doing the work, which isn't always true. We usually are asking other people that are doing the work. We're usually saying, and we've, we've done that. We've stopped and paused and, and looked at ourselves a few different times through these 130 plus episodes. And yet nothing has been as uh, relevant to that process. I don't think as what we're actually doing because, because honestly, both of us in some ways are doing this for the first time. We are, we are novices at this thing, this grieving thing. And, and as you talk about like processing, yeah, that's certainly where I am. I have not adjusted yet. Uh, My sister's name is Tracy. Her name starts T-R. The other day I was trying to like, I was trying to send her a text message and for five years, maybe longer, I text Trevor 10 times a day, 300 days a year. And so my phone has decided to suggest almost every time I start a text message in the last month, but for sure, as I start to type my sister's name and I just had to stop. I just stop and go, man, I would like to text my friend right now. I would like to get a response back from my friend right now. I have not adjusted. You know, I'm not at that place. And 
I think some reticence to do that is normal for people, right? I don't want to adjust to life without because my life before was better. It was better because they were here. Like it was fuller because they were here. And I don't don't try to race through any of these processes, right? Is is I guess one takeaway from that. And at some point we have to acknowledge that 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 world doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. And what I was going to add to that is also be aware that your experience is unique to you and other people may have, or may adjust quicker for sure. Right. And, and so I think that's, that's the other thing to be aware of is your experience is unique to you. I've just said that not too long ago and, and understanding that other people are going to experience it differently. And if they're further along in that process and if they haven't, had to process as long and they've adjusted and they're moved on. That's okay too. Yeah. And, and I, so I think, you know, oftentimes that, that is used to say, Hey, it's okay. You can take as long as you want, but we don't look at the other side of it too, where it's like, if somebody has processed and moved forward for them, if that's what works, okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay too. So you, you also had another, loss here this fall nala your your long time confidant i'll say um and maybe the greatest dog to have ever lived ever walked (laughs) the planet i will i will contend that she she was my favorite you also like we saw you early november right and that was about right around that time is when you had yep when you lost her also and and i remember you telling us how that all went down and just like, I've cried a lot this week, you know, cause then we got news that, uh, Trevor's illness had progressed to a place where we, we probably couldn't expect a ton of time any longer. And so, um, kind of just a, a double, a double whammy in that. What has, I don't know, I'm not trying to make you cry or to br- draw out anything. Like, I just, I know her place and you're like, what is that like to lose them both in this, in this period? And, you know, I, I, I want to acknowledge the fact that people have relationships in a lot of different ways and a, a loved one is a loved one pet or otherwise. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, it's, it, it certainly is, you know, you talk about that paradox, right. And it's, it's funny because like, not funny funny is overused man but it's it's interesting how in my life there's a lot of parallels and and you and I have talked about this where this period of my life right for both Nala my dog and Trevor my friend coincided almost exactly you know I met Trevor when we started working together in 2007 at Minnewaska 2008, maybe, I don't know, but, and, and that's when I got Nala as a puppy. And so new relationship from really from start to finish. And it, it's just an, an odd feeling to hold both of those paradoxes. Like you talked about of just incredible gratitude to have them in, in a part of my life and also this emptiness and also this reconciliation of like, you know, there was a lot of pain for both of them 
especially in, in the end. Right. Yeah. And so like understanding that my loss alleviated some of that or all of that for them is a hard reality. Right. It's a hard thing yeah. to hold like joy and gratitude. And also this, this pit of sadness and anger and frustration and whatever else comes. But I, I think I love how you ended that this like joy and gratitude and pit of sadness and anger and like desperation, whatever. I mean, it's just all there. It's full, right? It's full. And to minimize, which I've tried to do, I've tried to like push it down, to push it away, to not feel it, to make sense of it, to explain it away. Like it robs our life of something in some way, right? And and I, in some ways, shame on us for not feeling all of it, right? Not some ways, shame on us for for thinking we don't have to, or thinking we're uh, better than that, or bigger than that, or more mature than that, or whatever it might be. Like all that stuff is just a limiting belief and it's going to wound somebody someday that that limiting belief is going to push something down that's going to come out in somebody else's hands someday in somebody else's lap and they're going to have to deal with it yeah and and i totally agree with you and i understand and my head wants to be like yep you're right and and let's move on but then the other part of me is like hey what, what we have built this whole conversation and relationship and all of the stuff that yeah. we do on is what's, what's the opportunity here, right? What is the thing for us to, to challenge ourselves to grow? And, and one of the things that I think Trevor and, and Keisha both um, the last year have really challenged us and taught us to, to do is em embrace each day and the joys and the, the hardship and the, the emotion and, and the love and the joy and all of that stuff that comes with, with each day. And, um, you know, when I think of <laughs> this, Jamie, our live eyes up and eyes up mindset in the beginning of this, I don't know that we could have ever ourselves just done this and, and lived this way without an example like Trevor and Keisha. You know, and when I think about them and, and the gift that they have given us in kind of that real life version of what we talk about and the skills that we talk about and that the application of it, I don't think it could be any clearer for me than, than to look at the example that they have given us. And for that, I'm incredibly grateful and uh, challenged each day to, to be a little bit better at that. There, there is no better summation to the type of conversation that we've been having. I encourage you all, if you're struggling, if you're going through something, and it's not grief, it's just a hardship of any kind, do the work for yourself. Try to avoid blame. Try to avoid holding the weight of that thing on your own at a minimum talk to your loved ones at a minimum reach out to someone 
but if necessary, reach out to a professional, find and seek help. Like we are not, we are made for community is the thing that I've said often. We are, we're not meant to do this alone is, is what I mean in that we are made to do this with other people. John, you are one of my people. Trevor was too. It hurts to not have him to do this with anymore. And you are absolutely right. We could not have had a better example of how to do it when it really sucks. So thank you for joining me to process. And none of this is easy. I'm just going to let you do it because my wife's going to expect that you do it. Thank you all for being here, for being a part of this community and for growing with us. And as always, live eyes up.